Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So you're probably listening to this on a Friday. It is 8.45 on Thursday as we record this. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock and the Browns and the NFL just released their schedule. So we're going to get into it. We're going to do what we've done every year. It's an annual tradition here. We power rank the schedule by drafting the games. So uh, we've all got our big boards. We're ready to go. We're going to talk about every single game on the schedule in the order that we think they are the most interesting. Uh, But before we do that, just kind of overarching takeaway from the schedule, Mary Kay. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that jumped out to me, and I led my, you know, gamer with it, is the fact that they are starting out with three AFC North opponents in the first four games. I mean, my goodness, what a way to get started. Uh, Really, you know, they are all going to have to be ready to go. Uh, There is very little margin for error. It's time to hup hup, get their act together. And, uh, and and really be rolling. I mean, they start out with, with obviously the Bengals, who went 20, 12 and 4 last year. Joe Burrow, you know, made it to the uh, AFC championship game. And, uh, you know, then coming right back with the Steelers Monday night game. Then you've got um, the, the Titans in there. And then you have the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. and everybody else. So what a way to get started. Wow. It's a it's a mind boggler. Yeah, this time a year ago, Ashley, we were talking about, oh, these first four games, first five games, they're pretty easy. They're they're all very yeah. winnable games. Of course, we all know what happened. But yeah, this is this is definitely to open up so heavy division wise is kind of rare. A, a lot of times yeah. it's backloaded, but not in this case. Yeah, I was going to say we're a long ways from last year where the first four games seemed easy and an even longer ways away from 2021 where all the division games came week eight and onward. Like this is the second straight year where they aren't entirely backloaded. Like they're kind of front loaded and kind of backloaded, but really, really, I think insane almost to have three division games in the first four weeks. Like if you fall behind in those first four weeks, like you're going to be climbing an uphill battle in the division race for like the rest of the season. This is an insanely, I think, pivotal and a tough stretch. I mean, regarding wins and losses, also regarding what this offense is actually going to look like and the fact that it has to hit the ground running. Okay, Ashley, what's your takeaway when you when you saw this schedule? Yeah, my first takeaway, besides the one that Mary Kay just said, because I think that's probably, like she said, the universal takeaway from this schedule, um, early bye week, week five. And I don't know how to feel about that, because on one hand, it is, you know, they're going to get a kind of break and kind of work the kinks out after that really, really, really tough stretch of those three division games in the first four. But that still is like very early to me, because then you're going to have to go and play 13 straight regular season games after that. And it's almost to me like the opposite problem of 2021 when the bye week was super late and guys were kind of limping to that bye week and there were a ton of nagging injuries. Now it's like, okay, like how healthy can you stay over that 13 weeks stretch? Obviously, if you go to the playoffs, it's an even longer stretch without a break in theory. Um, So I just think it's going to be really interesting to see how that early bye week impacts them and how they handle it as a team. That was one of my choices, too. If no one else said that, that was going to be mine. That early bye week, Mary Kay. This, I even think if they don't make the playoffs, I haven't done the math on this, but this is the longest Brown season ever. And if they make the playoffs, it's definitely the longest Brown season ever because they're starting early because of the Hall of Fame game. There are 17 games now, so the season is 18 weeks long. They're not going to be done with the regular season until January. So this is already setting up to be the longest Brown season in history. And they're going to have to navigate this with a week five bye. And on top of that, they don't play a Thursday night game until week 17. Mm-hmm. So they don't even get like the mini buy like it. Like sometimes the NFL will give you like an early buy or a late buy, but they'll give you that mini buy in the middle. They don't even get that. No, I, I think it's a horrible time for them to have a buy. It's an absolutely horrible time. Now, Maybe they'll be licking their wounds from those three AFC North games, but still, it's way too early for a team that has four preseason games instead of three and then hopes to go deep into the playoffs this year. Now, in the event that they reach their Super Bowl goals, we know they have them, this means they could be playing 17 games after the bye. 17 straight games after the bye. 
that's a whole lot of football games uh, with no breather in between there. And I'll tell you what, Kevin Stefanski in the release that the Browns sent out said, I really like where the buy is. And I wanted to say, no, you don't. <laughs> you do not like where the buy is. Everybody kind of likes it right in the middle of the season. This has got to be the earliest buy that there is, or at least one of them. I mean, that is an early, early buy. Uh, the only good thing about it is that I can think of, once again, as Ashley mentioned, just comes after those three AFC North games. Um, but, you know, if things, if you really need to change things up with new special teams, new defensive coordinator, uh, and a completely basically new offense with, you know, four new pass catchers and Deshaun Watson starting the season, uh, you know, maybe you might just have to call that timeout really early and, and regroup and do all of your breaking it down right then and there and then hit the ground running again and be ready to go for the rest of the season. Yeah. And even like, you know, maybe you can make the case that it gives you like a break after training camp, but they've sort of built in that, that bye week before week one too, where, you know, the cut down day is earlier. And so everybody kind of gets that weekend, that Labor Day weekend off now. So yeah, I I think this is, I don't know what Kevin's talking about. I don't believe him. I'll say that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. My takeaway is the last stretch of games, starting with, um, so you have Jacksonville. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm actually going to start with the Rams on the third. Uh, so that's a 425 game. You know, that's a big audience, but that's a game you should win. Then you have a tough one against Jacksonville. Then you get the Bears and at Houston before you have to play the Jets and at the Bengals. They're sort of in a position where if they can get through Thanksgiving and be in contention, there's a couple of games there that are pretty winnable. The Rams, the Bears, and the Texans. And I know it's you know, so much can change between now and then. But I feel like you're looking at three teams, at least in that last kind of six game stretch before you have to play the Jets and then at Cincinnati to finish your season. I think it's kind of a manageable stretch at the end of the season. um, If they can just sort of hang on and just, I mean, that's the goal in the NFL anyway, Mary Kay is just be in contention. Thanksgiving, get through Thanksgiving, be in contention and, and then finish strong. And I think they have a chance to do that. Uh, well, you know what? I'll tell you what, when I, I, I like what you picked here, Dan, because I was looking at that too, to have to end your season, to have to end that season. First of all, you're going to be gone for Christmas Eve. Who wants to be playing on Christmas Eve in Houston? Um, and, but to finish off your season against Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow, I mean, not only do you have to be ready at the beginning of your season, but you cannot run out of gas before those two games. You can't run out of gas, okay? Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he'll be humming along by that. It might take him a little while to figure out his new team and his new digs a little bit, uh, but, you know, he plays really, really good football in uh, in December. So you're going to be dealing with that and his, uh, you know, that band of, of receivers that they have. I mean, think about it. The uh, the job that the defense, the defensive backs alone are going to have in those two games, all of those receivers. I mean, we could just start rattling them off right now. I mean, these guys, they better be playing their best, best ball by then if they're still in playoff contention, because those two games are going to be football busters. And, and Ashley, it's just I think it speaks to how important it's going to be like. When you play Chicago, you got to beat them. When you play at Houston, even though it's Christmas Eve and you don't want to be there, you got to go down there and you've got to beat them. And and the Rams too. Like you've got you've got to win those three games because the other games in that stretch, Jacksonville, the Jets, and the Bengals, are really challenging. Right, like those can't become trap games for you as a team. Like especially depending on what the first part of the season looks like with those early division games, like. And, and I know you wrote this in your game-by-game analysis, Dan, like this might be a really good time in theory for them to catch the Bears, right? Like maybe they will have they're a feisty team. They maybe have lost some momentum at this point. Like you have to win that game. And, and I know it's tough. I mean, those last couple weeks, it's like a mini gauntlet 
they have right at the end of the schedule. And they had stretches like this last season where we're like, oh, we, they have to do this. Like the first four games was an example, right? Like you have to go 4-0 because last year after the bye week, it was a gauntlet. And they didn't get the job done in either of those stretches. So I think like we've seen that this team have those stretches before and not be able to go on a little run. But I think that run right there is is really key given what awaits them at the very end of the season. All right, there we go. Takeaways from the Browns schedule. We're going to take a break here early in the podcast, and then it's what we do best. It's a draft. We're going to power rank all 17 games on the Browns schedule, and we're going to do it fantasy draft style. Uh, that'll be on the other side here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. All right, welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is time we have our big boards ready to go. We're going to talk about all 17 games of the schedule, and yes, we'll spend some significantly more time on some than others uh but let's go ahead and do this draft style i have the lottery generator ready to go pick one is going to be ashley pick two mary Kay, and i have pick three let's decide this now do we want to do a snake draft i'll let you two vote on that because i am the beneficiary of the snake draft (laughs) so i vote yes but Hmm. i'm fine with that yeah i was gonna say i don't mind a snake draft i'll also kind of get we get a benefit with the corners. We're good, oh, See, you guys are such you guys are such team players. All right, snake draft it is. So, uh, Ashley, you are up with the number one pick. So for me, I mean, I like my initial reaction in thinking about this was, I feel like I have to go week one against the Bengals. Like, I think this is a true like. Number one, it's a measuring stick to see kind of where they are, what this offense is going to look like. It's going to set the tone for, you know, these division matchups that they have coming. I really do think, you know, a loss in the first game in this particular game could make or break them in this very early pre-buy stretch of the season. Um, It's obviously the in-state rivalry element as well. They're at home. Like for me, I just kept coming back to this game and the importance of it and the tone setter that I think it's going to be. So Mary Kay, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. We talked about this a few years ago when the Browns had the chiefs in week one. And I think, I think there was some debate, like how much does that game matter? How much is that going to be a measuring stick? And, you know, because it's so early in the season, uh, because we, you know, the Chiefs were so good at the time and the Browns were, you know, we thought the Browns were going to be good. They ended up not being good that year. How important is this game, this week one game against the team that I think, you know, if we were picking the AFC North right now, I would pick the Bengals to win it. And I'm sure they're the favorite to win it. Uh, how important is this week one game? You know, I think it's vitally important. I really do. I think it's vitally important uh, because even more so, uh, you know, than that Chiefs game. This is a division game. It counts for two. I mean, you you know, you can mess things up for uh, the Bengals a little bit and help yourself. It's a double whammy. And I, I think it's vitally important. The other interesting thing about it, and this is a, a difficult stat to even wrap your brain around, but in the last 10 meetings, the Browns are eight and two against the Bengals. Is that, I mean, like I had to look at it twice when I looked that up again today. I mean, isn't that amazing? I don't yeah. I don't think they've lost at home to the Bengals since 2017. And it's been a uh, while. Yeah, and um Joe Burrow is 1 and 4 mm-hmm. against the Browns. I mean, it's just these <laughs> statistics are mind-boggling, right? Um so, you know, to have them here on their home turf to to really have Deshaun Watson against Joe Burrow in this game. Um, you know, with Deshaun having a new set of receivers and a bunch of new pass catchers and really trying to figure out, uh, you know, how this is all all going to come together. Uh, I think it's, I think it's absolutely huge. And, uh, then they don't see each other again all the way until week 18, the season finale. So round on the ends, Ohio, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If, if the Browns, if the Browns beat the Bengals like again, even though I know Joe Burrow kind of got that monkey off his back a little bit the last time they played. Um, but if the Browns beat the Bengals again, and this time it's with Deshaun Watson. And obviously that, you know, that was Deshaun's second game back last year when, when the Bengals beat them, that's going to be a long season of, you know, I know the Bengals have bigger fish to fry, but they're competing with the Browns. The Browns are hoping to win the North this year. 
that's going to be a long season of once again hearing, can Joe Burrow beat the Browns? Because he's only done it once. And can he beat Deshaun Watts? Yeah, I think there's a lot riding on this game for for both teams, for sure. Uh, Mary Kay, who do you have for number two? You know, it it follows along with the schedule for game number two. I am going with uh, the Steelers on Monday night football in week two. I mean, Monday night football? Steelers versus Browns, does it get much better than that? I mean, it's still the Steelers, right? Even though if we had to pick, like you said, Dan, if we had to pick the division winner right now, I don't think any one of us would pick the Steelers to win the division, which of course means they probably will win the division because they always surprise us. But uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming, uh, not coming to Cleveland, but the Browns going into Pittsburgh, Uh, for that Monday night football game on the road and trying to establish uh, that, you know, that they are going to dominate this division and win their division games and win their road games. You've got to be able to win on the road. Uh, I I just, you know, I just think it's, it's huge. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett is showing some moxie. We always, always know how tough the Steelers are. They're going to be really tough at home. They're going to be fired up there. They very rarely lose at home. Uh, I I think the stakes are going to be really high. The excitement will be tremendous. Looking forward to that one. Ashley, you mentioned to us on our our Wednesday pod um, that Baltimore is one of the best primetime like environments. Pittsburgh is right up there. There's something about AFC North teams in primetime. Pittsburgh is is. like when they're when they're good and that place is full and like those fans haven't lost and you know sometimes you get late in the year and you know maybe some they've lost a little faith or whatever but early in the season that place is going to be loud the towels are going to be waving they're going to be playing that stupid renegade song in the fourth quarter (laughs) it's just it's that stupid horn is going to blow on third down every time it's going to be just the worst environment ever the horn is the bane of my existence but like (laughs) yeah having gotten to experience that monday night game there in 2021 which you know of course, was just a disaster for the Browns. But you did kind of get a, or I should say, I kind of did get a taste of that environment because it was my first time being there. Um, I also had this game in my top three on my little big board. Mary Kay has convinced me that it should have been number two instead of number three where I had it. I, I do think, again, like the tone setting element of this is so important. The fact that it is one of two primetime games is so important for them. Um, and it's just, again, it's it's the nature of a rivalry. I think you have to have a game with the Steelers. And of course, you can never discount the Steelers going into the season. We have made that mistake before, Dan, you and I famously. So I'm not going to do it again. I think this is a really, really important game for them. Mary Kay has not made that mistake. I, <laughs> She's way too wise. I make it too often. It's Mike Tomlin. I mean, my God, he just he's like one of my uh, favorite coaches all time. And actually, I tell him that when I see him at the <laughs> and um, and yeah, and, and because I really mean it. I mean, I just I think the world of him and he just he gets the job done. I like the way he, uh, you know, he talks to his players. I like the way he talks to the media. I like the way he coaches and handles himself. So I'm all in. T- tone setting games early division tone setting games early. That's that's what make these so interesting. But that being said. Ashley, I actually had this game number three too. I had um, the other, the other. Which, what did Mary Kay pick? I had uh, where's my big board here? I had the second Cincinnati game number two. I had this game number three because number one on my big board was the other Cincinnati game, week eighteen at Cincinnati, and it's I, I'm just thinking about what it could be. This is an upside pick. This is the Anthony Richardson pick of this draft. I don't know if it's going to work out the way I hope it does, but the upside of this game is sky high because this could be Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, the upstart Cleveland Browns finally delivering on their potential, going against the defending two-time back-to-back AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. Everything on the table. The game's flexed to Sunday night because it's for the AFC North. Mary Kay, this is my Anthony Richardson pick. This is week 18 against the Cincinnati Bengals. 
I love this pick, Dan. I absolutely love this pick. This is a huge, huge game. It could be for the playoff marbles. It really could. And if everyone has made it to the finish line healthy, and by now, heaven knows who's still going to be playing. Uh, But if Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson have made it to the finish line, and if the Browns have survived Aaron Rodgers and the Jets the week before, Um, and some of the other tough things that they have going on on their schedule, this could be the make or break game. It could, it could mean getting in. It could mean staying out. It could mean winning the division. It could mean uh, important seating. This is going to be, this is huge. It, It really is huge. And it, I mean, it really, now that I'm looking at it, I probably should have put this number one on my big board. I had the Bengals opener, on my big board number one, but I probably should have put this one first because, you know, the first one you can overcome, you know, you can overcome a loss in week one, but when you get down to the end and the the chips are down and you have to have it, you have to have to have it. And it's a must win game. See, now this actually could be a must win game. See, that's the, that's the upside. We could get Mary Kay admitting something is actually a must win. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it could be a must win game. Whereas number one, not a must win game. Mm-mm-mm. Not a must win game. Ashley, you were going to say something. Yes, I was going to say. So this was number two on my list ahead of um, the Pittsburgh game, the primetime Pittsburgh game. But for me, it was just like that unknown held me back from making it the surefire number one. Like in, in the opening game of the season, like I know it's not going to be must win because Mary Kay has beaten that into my brain in the time I've worked with her. I only use that term <laughs> when it literally means you must win or your season will be over or altered to the point that it's ending before the playoffs. So for me, like the stakes for the opening game are just there. We know what they are. It's a tone setter. We know how important those first four division games are going to be. But like there is a chance and fans are might not like to hear this, that that game could just be meaningless if the season kind of spirals <laughs> for the Browns, especially. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it turns into the 2021 version of this game where the Bengals were just resting everybody to make a playoff run. Um, so that's just what held me back was, yes, there is so much upside for this game. And it could be that one of those games that's flexed. And, you know, I hope that we get that in that environment. But there also is like the downside of so much has to happen in order for that to happen. So that's why I kept it at number two. But like, it's definitely a first round pick. I think you can make an argument for either of those games in the number one spot at the end of the day. Total roll of the dice here. And honestly, it's easier that this game that this game fell to me at three than the fact that I had to put myself out there and take it number one. I just sort of let the draft uh, come to me on this one, which was perfect. And now I get a second pick and we are staying with a common theme here. We're staying in the division because like the AFC North games are going to be the most interesting for me. I guess I, I guess I trended towards taking the later games with the exception of, I did have, the first Pittsburgh game ahead of the second Pittsburgh game, just because of the Monday night football aspect of it. But I'm taking week 10 against Baltimore at Baltimore on November 12th. And again, it's, it's mostly because it's a little bit later in the season. We're going to have a pretty good idea about where both teams stand. The games start to get a little more important. That's going to be, you know, their last shot at the Ravens. So if they lose in week four, they got to win in week 10 if they if they want to have the, any chance at a you know some sort of tiebreaker against Baltimore if they're going to need it. Uh, so I'm going to take the second Baltimore game in week 10 at Baltimore, 1 p.m. That's a Fox game. I'm still not used to these games being on any network. Um, but I just... Mary Kay, I just think you've got to take the division games high, right? I mean, there's no, especially because there isn't like a Kansas City or a Philadelphia or something on this schedule. Um, the, the non-division games, there's some interesting ones, but no huge ones. So I think sticking with division games early is important. And I'm going second Baltimore here. Yeah, I, I like it. I agree with you. You've got to go division games. Once again, they count for two and they're always important. And whenever you're dealing with, uh, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, Lamar, 
great friends with Deshaun Watson. Those guys are going to have a really, really cool AFC North rivalry over the next how many of your years. And as you mentioned, you know, this one, you know, it's on the road. So it, it's imperative once again, to win those road games. Uh, you know, it's uh, coming off of, you know, it's sort of in the middle of the season, um, you know, where, you know, you have to really keep your game face on and don't let there be a lull. Uh, so I like this one here. This is a nice pick. And Ashley, there's something about going on the road and beating a yeah. division team on. There's just something different about if you do that. And hopefully there won't be any yelling or screaming um, in the locker room after this game. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, like, yeah, again, the last two years there in Baltimore, you had that last year. The year before that was the Sunday night football game when they intercept Lamar Jackson four times and still can't win. It felt like the both time, both of the last two years when they've gone to Baltimore, it felt like we were seeing the beginning of the wheels coming off a little bit in different ways. In 2021, it was the wheels coming off with that offense. Last year, it was the wheels coming off with the defense. So I definitely think that's a very important setting. I'm not going to lie. I have the other Baltimore game ranked higher. Again, I favored, I was the opposite of you, Dan. I favored the early games, just like that early stretch of the season is so ingrained in my mind right now that I think that's just where my big board fell, but I can't fault you. I still had this like among my top, I think six or seven games looking at my board. So I do think it's, it's vitally important to go down there and get a win. And like you said, even just the tiebreaker element of it, considering how many early division games you do have, this is your like next, is this your next shot at the division game at a division game after the first th- four? Um, I, let or me see. I got the schedule. Uh, yes, this is. They've yeah. got at Baltimore, and then they play Pittsburgh the next the following week. week. Yeah. So yeah, like this is your Pittsburgh. next shot after that first stretch at a division opponent. So it's definitely important. All right, Mary Kay, you are up. We are on to pick number five. Well, you know what? In sticking with our theme, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I love this game. I'm really. I've really got this game circled. Uh, on my calendar, that Ravens game in week four, October 1st at home. One of the reasons why is because guess who is coming back? Odell Beckham Jr. coming back to Cleveland Browns Stadium. He's already jumping through his skin for this game, okay? Like he is already so fired up for this game. Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. I can't wait to fire up the popcorn for that one and see what the heck happens, right? Lamar Jackson. Oh, not only that, our old friend Todd Munkin calling the plays for our old friend Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, So he's going to be fired up, right? He didn't exactly have uh, just the, the, the walk in the cake when he was here. So old Todd Munkin, He's going to have a little extra juice for this game. And uh, and he's going to want Odell Beckham Jr. to shine. He's going to know how important it is for Odell to come here and be successful in this game. So he's going to be dialing it up. Todd Munkin's never met a pass that he did not call. Okay, The defensive backs are just going to have to be on point like crazy. Lamar always always has something up his sleeve for the Cleveland Browns, even if he has to go into the locker room for a while and then come out and make the magic happen in the same game, right? So Lamar, Odell, Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, and the gang come into town, and I'm there for it on October 1st. Okay, so two things. One, you know it's a big night on the podcast when Mary Kay says something is a walk in the cake. That's the first thing. <laughs> Secondly, I messed Absolutely. up. I took the wrong I took the wrong Baltimore game. Yeah, you did, Dan. I told as, you. Yeah, as Mary Kay was laying that out, I realized I took the the Odell coming back and the first matchup between Deshaun and Lamar. We haven't gotten to see that yet. So I I took the wrong I messed this up. I took the wrong Baltimore game. Hopefully okay. I don't lose my GM job over that. <laughs> Thank you for leaving it for me. I was thrilled that it dropped to me on on my big board. Yeah, I, I had it number three. Every, every year we do this schedule draft and there's one where I'm like, oh, I'm so smart making this pick. And then like two picks later, somebody picks one. And I'm like, what am I? I'm, a, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, you made a compelling case for the 
week 18 Bengals game going. Yeah, there we go. There we go. See, I was still, I was still writing on the high of getting my number one at at number three, (laughs) but you had week 10, no matter what written on a post-it note (laughs) next to you. You were, you were determined Dan. Yeah. Ash, I mean, I think you said you had this Baltimore game. I did. I did. Yeah. I had this in my top four. Um, I, I just think that Mary Kay has me ready to run through a wall listening to that description <laughs> of how exciting that week is going to be. Like, I wasn't even thinking about the Odell return in that context. And the first time we're going to see Deshaun against Lamar, like, I was thinking of the larger implications for the division and why I had it higher. But, like, the storylines, we're going to have a plethora going into that week. And I just, I think it's going to be really impactful, both in the meaning of a win or a loss and all of those storylines coming into that week. Now I have to go get a dictionary and look up plethora, <laughs> Ashley. Sorry. Three-day students, it has to come out sometimes in our vocab <laughs> to remind everyone about my, my straight A's. That's okay. Our friend of the podcast, Scott Petrak, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, you have back-to-back yeah. picks here. Yeah, oh, I'm excited. I'm excited All AFC North still too. so far. Yes. So I'm excited to switch that up because I think it's time. We're about at that point in the draft where I feel okay leaving that second Steelers game for another day. Um, and I'm going to take week 17 against the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, the other primetime game that is left. I mean, it's the fact we, we've talked about that two game stretch at the beginning of the podcast, like, a win during that game could be so important. I think the environment's going to be insane. Like I'm obviously really curious to see how this whole Aaron Rodgers situation works out, but you know, the jets, obviously we saw what happened with that game last year. There's also that element of it and getting a rematch against them, getting a rematch from the hall of fame game. Like the Browns and the jets are not going to be strangers this season. And I'm, I'm really excited for that game. I wish it was coming sooner. I'm really excited that Ashley just casually dropped a rematch of the Hall of Fame game in there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> just I like have to keep that the was bit going, Dan. We have to keep that the was bit like going here. Reading off a fact sheet like it was like just completely casual in there. Hall Very of nicely fame done. Game rematch. <laughs> Mary Kay, this was my top non non division game. Where did you have it, Dan? I had it ahead of a couple of the division games, kind of just because I wanted to break them up. But I had it fifth. Good. Um, yeah, and it was like my it. top, like I said, my top non-division game. Yes, same. So here's my little big board, my lovely little cute big board. And <laughs> I had the Jets at four. Now, I had to go back and squeeze it in there. After I got done with my, after I started going through my big board, I had to go back and squeeze it in there. And I put it ahead of Bengals week 18, believe it or not. Now Dan has me second guessing that. But I love this game. Jets, Thursday night game, Aaron Rodgers, all those receivers. Big, huge game. I, I really like this game. And potentially playoff implications. Yes. You know, if if the Browns aren't going to win the division, they're, they're going to be in the wild card chase. Same with the Jets. You know, if they don't win the division, they're going to be in the wild card chase. There's real playoff implications in this game, potentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is this is a good pick. This one had to go. This one had to go high. So, uh, Ashley, you get one more. Yeah, with my with the seventh overall pick, I'm going to stick with the non-division slate. And like we said, there have been more. There have been other years where the non-division games are more interesting but I still think to me this is an interesting one and it comes early enough in the season I'm taking week six against the 49ers um, and there were a few reasons for that I think Dan in your story you kind of laid most of them out like the Kyle Shanahan Kevin Stefanski factor of Kyle Shanahan is kind of known for this genius offensive play calling um, Kevin Stefanski I think we all know wants to like kind of be known in the same kind of way um, also just the fact the last time they were here the Freddie Kitchens here absolutely destroyed the Browns that's when Nick Bosa did the famous Ohio State flag plants to get back at Baker Mayfield from their college days so um, I'm just really you know kind of interested in the history of that matchup plus it's another you know playoff opponent that they're going to be facing um, just to break up the division games that we are picking here. Yeah Mary Kay the, the Kevin Stefanski Kyle Shanahan thing I mean I know they're friends but 
there has to be a part of Kevin Stefanski that wants to be thought of like Kyle Shanahan is, is thought of. Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, yeah, those guys are all friends. It's funny because all these young coaches sort of in the same age group, uh, they're all really good friends. Like, um, you know, Jonathan Gannon, Kevin Stefanski, Shane Steichen, Kyle Shanahan, they're all, you know, just they're they're this like I said, same age group. I they're friends outside of outside of football. I think their families sometimes do things together. Um, but I do think that, you know, that Kevin Stefanski would like to be thought of in that way. And he's got a little ways, you know, he's got a ways to go. He's got to prove it. And I think, you know, what a better year to prove it for him than this year when all of the conditions are there, all of the pass catchers are there um, to, to help out Deshaun Watson. This is his chance to show uh, that, that he can be mentioned in, in that same context. I had one other non-division game ahead of this one, but I think the two could be pretty interchangeable. Um, so that was, this, would, this was my third non-divisional game. That I had. The other one is still on the board, obviously, because this is the second one that, that has come off. Uh, Mary Kay, let's see if you take that one. All right. I actually am going to go ahead and take the November 19th game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just think, once again, you cannot overestimate the importance of these division games. And I think you have to be really, really, you got to really sell me on a game, a non-division game that trumps a division game. You, you really, you, you've really got to, sh- to sell it because they're so vitally important. They count for two and, um, and they could just, they can make and make or break you. You, you know, you've got to win. You've got to really try to win your division and it's going to be so hard this year. It's going to be so hard to win the AFC North this year. It really is. I mean, if you asked, 20 different people who's going to win the AFC North. You're going to get a bunch of different answers. You are not going to have somebody running away with the lead, I don't think, right? I mean, you could make a case for almost every team, again, except for the Steelers. But again, once again, we've learned the hard way. Do not underestimate the Steelers either. So I like this game. Anytime the Steelers come to town, it's larger than life. It's big. It's huge. There's, you know, bad blood in some cases, right? Still between the teams with Miles Garrett, um, the whole Mason Rudolph thing and everything. So, you know, there's not much that beats a Cleveland Browns-Pittsburgh Steelers matchup, especially, especially in the minds of the fans. And Ashley, you you pointed out something uh, in an earlier pick that is interesting here too. This is the last division game the Browns have until they go to Cincinnati in Week 18. That's a long stretch without division games, and we we've talked about over and over how important those are on this podcast. And you know, you you want to be in a good position against those division opponents when you're kind of when you're not going to see them for a while. Yeah, I think, again, just kind of the timing of of this schedule, that that makes this one still have some juice to it, even though I think when we think of the other three AFC North opponents right now, we would rate the games against the Ravens and the Bengals like higher in terms of if we are power ranking them. Like, I still think this one has to go at about this point. Like, I could have made an argument for me taking it with my last pick, but um, I just... I think again it just is worthy of falling in this stretch because like Mary Kay said these games count for two and they're so 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 important and without much juice to some of these non-divisional games they have this year um, even more so when we're power ranking the schedule and just uh that was was I I don't have one two three four five six seven that was eight Yep. So I've got nine and 10 here. Um, But just Mary Kay, you mentioned the division, just looking up the odds on, on DraftKings right now, the Bengals are the favorite at plus plus one thirty, which is actually one of the, the only one other team has that like, like the bills are plus plus one thirty. Everyone else is like plus plus one ten. There's some minus odds. So that kind of tells you that, you know, the Bengals are, it's, 
kind of still wide open, but the Bengals are plus 130, the Ravens plus 300, the Browns plus 360. Uh, and even the Steelers are plus 425, which for a fourth place team, I think those are the best odds of any of the fourth the fourth place teams um, on DraftKings. So this is a very tight division um, when, when you look at these odds. And um, yeah, so it's it's going to be a race for sure. All right, so I got two in a row here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one pick and then we're going to take a break. I'm going to make my other pick. Uh, so the first one, I think this is the best game left on the board. I think it's week 14 against Jacksonville. So I mentioned that I had one game ahead of the 49ers as far as non-divisional games. And I had this one um, kind of banking on Jacksonville being what we think they can be. So week 14, the, uh, the Browns and Jaguars, again, a game with potential playoff implications late in the season. And, I, I just found it interesting, Mary Kay. Jacksonville is kind of trying to make that leap from, you know, good playoff team to contender. The Browns are trying to make an even bigger leap from a team that didn't make the playoffs to contender. And that can be a hard jump to make. And and I just think this game is a good, I, I think this is going to be an interesting kind of late season game. Yeah, I like this game. I like this pick. Doug Peterson has this team playing really, really hard. Trevor Lawrence is playing well. I think that's vitally important. They went nine and eight last year and made the playoffs. I mean, come on. I mean, these are not your uncle's Jaguars. <laughs> you know, uh, this is a tough out. This is a good football team. And, uh, and like you said, playoff implications and it's, you know, it's late in the season. You got to get to keep your game face on as you go through these games. And it's a non-division game. It's harder to get up for those games sometimes. Uh, so yeah, that, this is a good pick. I like it. I believe you guys mentioned the good place when you did the ask us anything pod. Dan, I was going to just make a good place joke and you okay. took it from me. That's fine. No. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you what you think Jason Mendoza would think of Trevor Lawrence. That's I no joke was going to say Dan somewhere, wherever Jason <laughs> Mendoza is, he's giving you a Duval for making the pick here. Um, I think Jason Mendoza loves Trevor Lawrence right after the run they had last year. I knew as soon as you said I had another non-division game first, I was like, Oh, Dan's going with the Jags here. I knew it. Um, because that really is, I think undeniable the best ones left and again it's like assuming that they are going to kind of build off of the season they have last year that it wasn't a fluke that Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to develop um and I do think like given given where it falls again like it's going to be an important game in that stretch at the end of the season for them to to kind of take and and get a win there we're, we always have time for uh, for some Jason Mendoza references. All right, one more break here, and then we're going to finish out our Power Rankings draft on the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. And welcome back to the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. Let's recap where we're at, Power Ranking the schedule. Uh, Ashley took week one against the Bengals. Uh, then Mary Kay took week two at Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. I had picks three and four. I took week 18 at Cincinnati and week 10 at Baltimore. With pick five, Mary Kay took week four versus Baltimore. Again, I messed that one up. Uh, week Pick six and seven, Ashley took week 17 versus the Jets on Thursday night football and week six versus the 49ers. With pick eight, Mary Kay took week 11 versus Pittsburgh. I just took week 14 against Jacksonville, and I'm going to take another uh, this is actually a non-conference game. I'm going to take week eight at Seattle. I think this is going to be a really fun test for this team. The Seahawks uh, have really started to draft well again. And Mary Kay, they've got some pass catchers. I think this is going to be a really good opportunity for the Browns defensive front to go against a young but talented offensive line, but also the Browns secondary to have to deal with a pass catching core that you, you know, you've got to argue is probably, you know, they're not the best in the league, but they may put themselves in the discussion to be like a top five pass catching core at some point this season. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of early on enough in the season where, you know, these guys in the back end have got to have their act together. They, they can't be blowing coverages. They have to know, what they're doing. Plus this is going to be a test of a, of a young football team 
to have to go, you know, clear out to the West Coast. And some teams handle it well. Some teams don't handle it well. Some guys can adjust to the time change. Some can't. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Good, really good pass catchers. Um, you know, is I assume Gino, is Geno Smith going to be starting? You know, I, I would think. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be a, a very, very interesting game and a great city to visit, by the way. Looking forward to that. That's true. And just sort of looking big picture too, Ashley, this is in the midst of the Browns play one, two, three, four, five road games over the course of seven weeks. Um, This is the second of those five road games. Um, They play at Indianapolis, at Seattle. uh, Then they have a home game, then at Baltimore, home against Pittsburgh, then at Denver and at the Rams. So this is, this is a challenging stretch for them. Yeah. And again, I think like, just coming off of last year where we saw like the secondary have some issues, right? Like this is going to be one of those games that I think is really going to test this Jim Schwartz defense and and how things are working. And it's at the midpoint of the season. They're going to expose, they're going to have plenty of film on this defense by that point. And they are, I think have the weapons in theory to expose any kind of issues that are going on uh, with the Brown secondary. So that part of it is also really interesting to me on top of the little like resurgence they had last year with Geno Smith there. So um, I definitely think, you know, we're kind of in that stretch where this is one of the best like games kind of remaining to me. So I think you had to take this here. All right, Mary Kay, you are up. Ashley's right. We are starting to get to, we're starting to run out a little bit here, but there's still some good ones. Yeah. Well, there's one that I still really like, and I actually had it, um, you know, midway through my board. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy to get it here. Um, I think I I had this one number eight or nine on my board. Um, And it is at the Broncos on November 26th. And the reason, some reasons why I like this game is, I mean, really is Russell Wilson going to only win five games again in his, in his career. He's a nine time pro bowler, right? I mean, things just did not go well for him last year in Denver, but lo and behold, they have a new sheriff in town in the great Sean Payton and Sean Payton has a lot to prove. And we know how good of a coach he is. And if he snaps this thing into focus and gets Russell Wilson back on track, who knows? I mean, that could be a tremendous turnaround for them in one season. Probably not going to be easy, but it could happen. So, um, so yeah, I think this is intriguing. Again, it's going out on the road and it's going to be a situation where, uh, it's going to be the first of two far away games, not necessarily all the way West coast, but Broncos and then Rams. And what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to probably head out, keep just heading West after this game and, and go out to LA and practice out there instead of coming all the way back home. So I, I think it's an interesting little stretch from that standpoint. And uh, I'm just interested to see what Sean and Russell are going to do together. Yeah, same, same here. And by the way, Browns fans, if you're planning trips, put Denver on your list. Go to Denver. This would be a good game to attend. Also, Mountain Time Zone, the best time zone. Uh, Ashley, what do you think of this game? Yeah, I mean, it's the the Russell Wilson of it all and the Sean Payton of it all. And what is this team going to look like by the time the Browns get there? It could definitely be, I think, like Mary Kay was saying, a better game than it it looks at on face value right now. Because if you have the recency bias, especially of what the Broncos did last year in your mind, like this could be a sneaky good game kind of in the middle of the season. Ironically, I had the Seahawks game and the Broncos game right here on my big board. So I'm feeling very smart right now. Um, but definitely this this one's one of the more interesting ones that, you know, we don't we just don't know a lot about yet because it's like, what are these teams even going to look like? I actually, yeah, I had Denver right after Seattle. So so this is kind of sticking right, right with how my board has fallen to. In fact, I think, yeah, every game... My board is still like, it's kind of in order at this point. I don't have like one way at the bottom that's been picked or anything. So all the games, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my big board right now. It's <laughs> that one stupid thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ashley, you've got two in a row. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here at this point, <laughs> but I will say I'm kind of excited to get to take this game here because I think there's kind of a bit to talk about with it. So I'm going to take week seven, the Cardinals here. Um, we have Jonathan Gannon, new head coach. We have Drew Petzing, offensive coordinator. We're going to get that first look at the former Browns quarterback coach and what that offense is going to look like. I mean, of course, there's going to be some, is Kyler Murray even going to be available? I don't know. Is Colt McCoy going to make a return to Cleveland? I don't know. But there is some interesting elements considering like the coaching staff change over there, the local connections that Jonathan Gannon has and, and all of that good stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to to figure out. Um, so the game is on. The game is November fifth. That's in middle of the season, week nine. I would imagine Mary Kay that Kyler would be ready for this. Um, that that he would be back. Yeah, I would think so. I think I think Kyler will be back by then. Um, he tore the ACL in December, so yeah, that's starting to be about the time that he might be be able to come back. I would think. Um, so, you know, that, that adds some intrigue to it to have Kyler Murray back on the field. Um, and again, Jonathan Gannon, I mean, it's a big home game coming game for him. He went to St. Ignatius as most of us know, and he's right here from Cleveland was an amazing athlete in, uh, in high school and then, um, suffered a, you know, a serious injury in, in college and his, career was cut short, but a lot of people thought that he had pro aspirations. Um, so anyways, yeah, that's going to be a really nice game. That'll be exciting. And, um, Jonathan Gannon and Kevin Stefanski are really good friends. I mean, they like are really tight. Um, so yeah, there'll be, uh, there'll be some little friendly chatter and rivalry there. I did not have this game this high. Oh, well, thank you for correcting what? me when I said week seven. I just can't read my own handwriting. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, week. <laughs> yes, week nine. That you didn't have this game this high. I'm curious what, what, what I, did you debrief after. Yeah, although I have some, I don't know. It, I'm just like out of what's left, but whatever. You're yeah, fine. I mean, it's it's really kind of matter of preference at this yeah. point. Uh, so you've got another pick here, Ashley. Yeah, and I'm waffling between a couple. I'm, I'm just going to pull the trigger on week 13 against the Rams. The fact that it's a late game. Obviously the Rams had the year they had last year, right? But Sean McVay is still there. I'm curious, Dan, you wrote about this. Like, what's the narrative going to be around Kevin Stefanski at this time, especially if things are going south for the Browns early and just that, I guess, comparison between those two coaches. I mean, we're going to get that anyway, right? But there could be some, some really interesting comparisons happening if things aren't going too well for the Browns at that point. But I just think, you know, overall of the games left, I'm taking it. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about Kyle Shanahan. We've talked about, you know, all these coaches, these young coaches that are that are friendly. I mean, Sean McVay kind of started that, you know, the offensive, like, boy genius. Like, now, obviously, not, you know, Jonathan Gannon is not an offensive coach. That's sort of changed, you know, the, we're seeing more defensive coaches get hired. But the young kind of up-and-coming smart coach, but especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, it was McVay that got that rolling. I don't know what the Rams are going to look like. Mary Kay, I just don't know. Like maybe Matthew Stafford's healthy and they're good to go, but it seems like they are content to, I mean, they basically said like, this might be a, a tough season. They, they went all in, they won a Super Bowl. It's, it's worth it. But now they, they're sort of trying to recover from that this season. Yeah. I mean, I think people do look at, at it as a rebuilding type of year, but I mean, you never really know. I suppose it depends on, uh, you know, how good Matt Stafford is. And you know that, you know, the coaching is going to be so good. And sometimes those really good coaches can pull a rabbit out of a hat. So, you know, they, they could still be, um, you know, a, a decent football team. It's going to be, we'll just have to kind of see how it goes. That's one of the unknowns of the season. All right. So Mary Kay, you are up as we, uh, we start to reach the end of this draft. Okay. What pick is this again? Number this is, I don't have them numbered, but we have one, two, I'm how many games track. do we have left here? We have one, two, three, four games left. So okay. that would make this pick 14. Pick 14. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't I'm unmute. Just trying to I do keep... have them numbered. <laughs> so yeah, we're up to pick so 14. Four, that was that was my last pick, technically. Okay. So you guys each have two more. Okay. So I'm going to go with the 
December 24th game against the Houston Texans here. And the reason why I think this is an interesting game, I think it's pretty obvious. Deshaun Watson is once again going back home to Houston. Now, the last time he went back home to Houston, uh, he did not play well at all. They won the game, but it was his first game back after an 11-game suspension, and he was rusty as heck. It looked to me like his legs weren't even working right. I mean, it, it just looked like he didn't even have, uh, you know, the the muscle the muscles tone in his legs to be able to function properly. I mean, it was just it was bizarre to watch him trying to play in that game. It was emotionally draining. Uh, you know, I was down on the field before the game, and there was a lot going on. I mean, and I think it has the potential to do, to be that way again. I mean, I I still think that there are going to be you know, some, some signs, some people wearing some t-shirts, you know, some protesters perhaps, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, it's late in the season. I don't expect that he's still going to be in any kind of legal trouble by then, but, um, but I don't think Houston will have completely forgotten. And yet I still think that he will have a lot of support there. So I think it's going to be another emotional game for Deshaun and it's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve always brings a little extra something, something. So in this little last batch of games, I think this one has some intrigue to it. I, I had this one and actually I was going to change. I was going to call an audible here. I had put this one at the bottom, but mm-hmm. the the fact that Deshaun played so poorly last year and it was his first game back, I think there's still that like, he's going to want to go back to Houston and put on a show mm-hmm. element to this. So I actually wouldn't, have saved this for last. I, I would have taken it here probably with my next pick. Um, just thinking about the game uh, again, another team, we don't know what kind of shape they're going to be in. I'd imagine CJ Stroud, if, if he isn't starting from week one is going to be starting by now. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to be kind of frisky? Are they going to be playing out the string? I don't even know that it matters that much, but that is, there is still that Deshaun Watson element to this game, Ashley. Yeah, I definitely think that that is there. That was actually, I did call an audible and I had that one ahead of the Rams game at 13, but then I was just like, eh, you know what? I I almost dinged it for being the Christmas Eve game. I was like, we were talking yesterday about how miserable it would have to be to travel that far on Christmas Eve, Christmas weekend, whatever. Um, So that element of it, not so fun for us selfishly, but I guess that's not entirely what the schedule draft is is about and I definitely think there is still some of that intrigue there and and actually getting a win there this time. well they got a win there last time but having it be more seamless I should say for Deshaun Watson um and really just taking advantage there and again like week 16 like you don't want this to fall into the trap game category especially if Houston is getting on a little roll with some of these rookies that they have now we should have done a ranking of the cities we'd prefer to spend Christmas even. I think Houston would be at the bottom of the list. Uh, I would have I would have Denver very high. Um, I would have kind of weirdly Los Angeles, even though it's warm and weird. It's just, there's just something sort of surreal about seeing Christmas lights when it's seventy degrees. Uh, that would be a good one. Uh, I don't know about Seattle, maybe a little too rainy. Pittsburgh, sneaky good holiday city. Have so, you ever been you to Seattle, Dan? I have not, no. Oh, you would have Seattle high on the list if you have I, I probably would. I'm I'm definitely a Seattle person. I'm oh, you are absolutely a Seattle person. I don't know Seattle if you're person. coming back from Seattle. <laughs> That's yeah, that might be yeah. I might just go live with Eddie Vetter. Yeah, I could totally see you just living in, in Seattle. It's like you you're going to love it. I promise. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, Seattle would be high on the list. Baltimore has an ice skating rink. Oh, so that's oh, they had a little Christmas shop there last time yes, we, were, we, walked, we were there. We walked through that in 2021. Yeah. A little ice skating rink and Christmas village that they have. That was a fun time. So I think Baltimore maybe is up there on our, our Christmas our Christmas Eve day rankings. Houston, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> oh, well, we can't complain about traveling to football games. All right. Uh, let's see. So I've got back to back picks here. Let's see where I'm at on my big board. I'm actually going to call an audible because I think this is the most interesting team left. Um, This is a really boring group still. I'm going to take week 15 
against Chicago. It's going to be Miles Garrett going back against Justin Fields. He had four and a half sacks against Justin Fields the last time they played. Um, and, I, you know, I'm just curious to see what Chicago looks like. You know, I think they'll they'll kind of be ready to have an answer on whether Justin Fields is the guy for them or, or if they're looking for somebody else at the end of the season. Um, are they fighting for a playoff spot because the NFC North's wide open now? I don't know. I, I think this could be an interesting game. Um, well, again, it depends what sort of state Chicago's in. But I, I just think when I look at the three that are left, and I got to pick another one too, I, I, I'm just going to take Chicago number one here of, of the two that I still have to pick. Mary Kay, wh- where did you have Chicago on your list? You know, I had them low. I had them very low on the list at 16, but, um, or yeah, somewhere down there. Um, but Justin, you know, it's, it, it might be an interesting game. I mean, Justin Fields actually played well last year. He played well. He He had some really great moments and now he's got DJ Moore. And DJ Moore averages a thousand yards every time he goes out to play football. So, you know, those two guys can can really wreak some havoc together. So I you know, I don't think this is gonna be the you know the worst game in the world or necessarily just a a pushover type of game. And it's, it's tricky too, Ashley. And, you know, the Bears might be a funky team too with the way Justin Fields plays, right? Because like, he's such a good runner, you know, in the yeah. mold of like Jalen Hurts. And, you know, he, Lamar is so different than all these uh, the other running quarterbacks. But there's a little bit of that Jalen Hurts in him. I, it, they're just going to be a funky team to play, I think. Yeah, I actually had this game right here in spot number 15. I'm killing it towards the end of the draft and picking where we were going to pick these games. But yeah, I mean, I think again, of the ones left, this is definitely the best bet here. And again, it comes later in the season. So like the unpredictability of like, what are the Bears actually going to be? And what is Justin Fields going to look like? Um, You have to win this game in your final like three or four of the season and not let it become a trap game, much like the Houston game the following week. So I definitely think it has the most intrigue to me of all the ones left. All right. And with my last pick, I'm going to bet on upside here and I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts in week seven. And listen, I already compared one of my picks to Anthony Richardson. So I'm just going to take Anthony Richardson here with my last pick. Um, Maybe he's playing by this game. So if that's the case, it'll be fun to see him. I already mentioned last yesterday, nobody can remember a single Browns Colts game since the Browns came back. I don't know that anybody will remember this game, but if Anthony Richardson is playing, it'll be at least interesting to kind of see where he is, which means Mary Kay, you get to choose. I mean, you could just take the Titans, but I will let you, if you think the Titans are going to be this boring, I will let you choose the buy. If you'd rather do that. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I I will pick the Titans. I will pick them. And, you know, who knows? You know, you just never know. Once again, Mike Vrabel is one of those coaches where he's so solid that you never know what they're going to come up with. Right. So, um, you know, it, it might not be, you know, 40 to 10 Browns. I mean, it, it might not be that bad of a football game. Again, they're, they're a decent, well-coached team. We don't know what they're going to have going on, you know, from a personnel standpoint and quarterback standpoint and all of that. But um, I will take the Titans over the bye. Ashley, the, the Titans, though, are like the Steelers. Like, yeah. they're going to win eight games. Yeah. It doesn't. They they're going to win eight games. <laughs> yeah, they're the team that you're going to turn around. They're going to be the number one team in the AFC like they have been in years past, and you're like – how did that happen? But Dan, I'm actually surprised you took the Colts. Like after I am too, actually. Yesterday, I had the Colts game dead last. And I was just even thinking, like, not to make you regret another one of your picks, which would, I admit, be very hard to do at this point in the draft. But like the Titans falling in week three to me, in the like the midst of that first round of division game stretch like it is a sneaky again kind of important game and you don't want it to become a trap game I just think there is slightly more interesting things happening given where it falls on the schedule versus the Colts game so I'm giving you a bad grade on that pick than that last pick 
I, I could see that. My my pick is riding entirely on Anthony Richardson and kind of wanting to see him. But your point there is similar to kind of what Mary Kay said. Like, the Titans are going to be ready for that game. Like, you know, that I mean, Mike Vrabel, they're going to be coming back to Cleveland and Mike Vrabel has his guys ready no matter what. But uh, they're, they're going to be ready for that game. That's not, I mean, I agree. That is not going to be a pushover game just because of the guy on the sidelines. And also, I will say this early prediction, Josh Dobbs will throw a pass in that game. Well, you know, the other thing about um, in, Dan, in your defense with Anthony Richardson, he has a, a head coach in Shane Steichen that if he's ready to be playing by then, and it's pretty early, but if he's ready to be playing, uh, Shane Steichen has coached Jalen Hurts, and he's really a really good coach. He's really good. And who knows what he might be able to pull out of Anthony Richardson. So there, there could be there could be something there. So, yeah, I'm anxious to see him play and, and get coached by Shane Steichen. All right, we did it. We managed to talk about every game on the schedule. We power ranked them all just real quickly here. Uh, the way they ended up, Ashley took week one against the Bengals, Mary Kay week two, Monday night football at Pittsburgh. I took week 18 at Cincinnati and week 10 at Baltimore. Mary Kay took week four versus Baltimore. Ashley took week 17 versus the Jets on Thursday night and week six versus the 49ers. Mary Kay took week 11 versus Pittsburgh. I took week 14 versus Jacksonville and then week eight at Seattle. Then it was Mary Kay week 12 at the Broncos. Ashley week nine versus the Cardinals and week 13 at the Rams. We wrapped it up Mary Kay week 16 at the Texans. Uh, I took week 15 versus Chicago and week seven at Indianapolis. And Mary Kay took week three versus Tennessee. And just to round it out, just so we have a nice even number, Ashley gets the week five by week. So congratulations, Ashley. (laughs) <laughs> horrible worst week worst week ever based on our earlier <laughs> conversation at the top of this podcast okay that'll do it for this edition of the orange and brown talk podcast make sure you get subscribed on apple podcasts and on spotify uh we've got rookie minicamp coming up this week so we'll probably give you uh some kind of recap on friday of what we heard and saw from the rookies and maybe a little more on monday as well uh plus we'll be back with some hey mary Kay podcasts next week and become a football insider subscriber cleveland.com slash browns blue banner at the top of the page to our texters by the way i am starting to go through all of your submissions to see if anybody got the schedule right i don't know that anybody came close but i'm gonna kind of figure out who got the closest but it might it might take me a little while so uh don't worry i'll have some some schedule rankings for our texters coming up soon again if you want to get involved in that cleveland.com slash browns the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up for mary Kay and ashley on dan thanks for listening everybody 